Welcome back to Moving Right Along, a Muppet Movie Podcast brought to you by ToughPigs.com. It's the podcast where we watch the Muppet Movie two minutes at a time and talk about it a lot. I'm your host, Anthony Strand. And I'm your other host, Ryan Rowe. Today we are looking at minutes 27 and 28, which start right after Kermit and Fozzie pull up outside of the church and end right after Scooter introduces himself by saying, don't forget about me. I'm the band's road manager. How could we forget about Scooter? Although, um, it, I guess since we're talking about Scooter, let's just talk about him briefly here. Um, I, I always thought it was kind of awkward how the movie shoehorns him into this scene. Like yes. Everyone else kind of, I mean, he, Scooter's a very important character. You know, he's the, he's the gopher. He's essentially the stage manager. He's Richard Hunt's most prominent character. And... In the Muppet movie, all the other characters who are that important where they're introduced, right? But Scooter's just kind of like, hey, we had we didn't really have anywhere to put Scooter. Let's stick him here with the electric mayhem. Sure. Yeah, exactly. They had to put him somewhere. Actually, I, I thought I might save this for later, but um, it was different in that June 12th, 1978 draft of the script that we have been occasionally referring to. What was it? So in that draft, um, they met Scooter later in the movie. Um, actually, Scooter and Animal, they met later in the movie at a gas station. And in this scene, there was no Scooter. And instead of Animal, the Electric Mayhem had a drummer named Charlie, who was going to be played by a cameo guest star. Uh, and Charlie would introduce himself as the drummer and then note that he was thinking about going into real estate. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So it actually, as much as Scooter is shoehorned in here, it's it definitely makes for a tighter and more concise movie than adding him later at a gas station. Right. Hanging out with Animal. <laughs> yeah. Oh, now that we've talked about Animal, let's go back to the beginning of these minutes and talk about our introduction to him and the rest of the band. Well, yeah, I actually had a couple things for even before that. Okay. Um, so Fozzie and Kermit both comment that despite the fact that they've been driving so long, they're both wide awake, and then they immediately fall asleep. I just like the fact that for all the impressive high, well, not, not high tech, but very intricate uh, puppet tricks and effects in this movie, when it comes time for Kermit and Fozzie to fall asleep, they just tilt the puppet's heads back so you, you can't see their eyes. Right. That's all Although, they it, it makes for a really nice visual gag, though, too. Yeah, Especially definitely. Fozzie. I love the way that Fozzie just flings his head back and falls asleep. And he's out like a light. Immediately. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's so good. I fall asleep like that, too, sometimes. Um, that I'm not surprised to hear that, actually. <laughs> so, at, once they fall asleep, we briefly hear some organ music. And then... That organ music gives away the electric mayhem and or roll song. Rock which, and or roll? Rock and or roll. Yeah, it's yes. one of them. I'm not sure which one it is. Um, and so I, I guess we're supposed to assume that that's Dr. Teeth playing the organ, right? Briefly? Yeah, it's I a, guess so. Yeah. It's a fake out at the song. Because like, when you, I remember as a kid thinking like the electric mayhem were interrupting church music, you know? 
But of course they're not. There's nobody else there. Right, because when they're outside a church and you initially hear the sound of an organ, you assume that it's going to be a church organ. Right. And then Kermit and Fozzie get out of the car, go in and see the electric mayhem. And I will say this. The two shots in that sequence, I think, are among the most visually beautiful shots of this entire movie. Kermit and Fozzie's heads framed in the doorway. I was hoping you were going to say that because I wrote that down too. I love that shot where they're, it's, they're each peeking out from behind one of the double doors. Kermit's on the left side of the screen and Fozzie's on the right. And yeah, that just looks really cool. It looks so great. Yeah. And then um, also immediately after that, when we are like from their point of view, we are moving through the church, like through the church pews. And I think that looks so great. Yeah, it's a it point of like, view shot from Kermit and Fozzie's point of view. Yeah, it's Kermit and Fozzie's point of view, but also it looks like from like a, a rock documentary about the electric mayhem. Yeah, that's a shot that would be used in their documentary. Right, it's great. So and then, good. so there's something here in in that shot that I just noticed for the first time. It's one of those things where, when you're looking at it closely, two minutes at a time. Um, as they're approaching or as that, you know, as the camera is getting closer to the band, there are, uh, candles on the railing. And I think on the organ, just kind of scattered around one of the candles falls off the railing during that shot. It's near, it's kind of near zoot on the right side of the screen. Huh? Yeah. So, but I guess they liked that take enough that they just decided to keep it or maybe nobody noticed. Yeah. And maybe, because I mean, you, as you say, you never, neither of us has ever noticed. Yeah. But I also like the idea that maybe they're playing the music so loud that they're, you know, just knocking things off the walls. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Also, er, um, earlier, when Kermit and Fozzie's heads are both framed in the doorway, we would be remiss if we didn't mention that this is where Fozzie says they don't look like Presbyterians to me. Yes. And what do Presbyterians look like exactly? I, I guess just, I, I don't know, um, but I didn't grow up, like, I, I grew up going to a Lutheran church, whatever, um, but I didn't grow up anywhere near a Presbyterian church in, in my very small town in North Dakota, so I grew up with this line being my primary association with Presbyterian. Like, <laughs> years later, uh, I lived just around the corner from a huge Presbyterian church. And every time I walked past it, I would say, they don't look like Presbyterians to me out loud. Every time. Did you ever actually say that to one of the Presbyterians? No. I did not. Because they didn't didn't interact with me, I guess. I don't know. I I never had occasion to interact with any of the Presbyterians. Well, that's, that's a shame. But at the same time, you would not have wanted to offend a Presbyterian. Right, of course. A Presbyterian not. who was perhaps not intimately familiar with the Muppet movie. Right. Although I don't I don't see how you could not be if you're a Presbyterian. I don't know. It just seems like a landmark moment in Presbyterianism portrayals in pop culture. You know, you're right. I, if I were a Presbyterian, I would actually be really proud of that <laughs> that joke. So once they Kermit and Fozzie get up to the front of the church, who do they meet there? All kinds of crazy people. And who are the electric mayhem? Well, the leader is Dr. Teeth, which is Jim Henson, of course, um, played by Jim Henson again, plays Kermit. And Animal is Frank Oz, 
right? So those two are the same puppeteers as Kermit Fozzie, members of the band, are played by puppeteers who we really haven't seen much of yet outside of the opening sequence in the movie studio. Uh, that's true, yeah. So um, Floyd is Jerry Nelson. Jerry Nelson started working with the Muppets in the mid-60s as a temporary replacement for Frank Oz, who almost joined the Army but didn't. Right? Isn't, isn't, isn't that the story? I think that's the story. I think in the Jim Henson biography, they talk about like Frank Oz getting dressed up and going to join the Army, and and they already had Jerry Nelson lined up to be his replacement, and then he Frank got there, and then for some reason ended up not joining the Army. I don't remember the, the complete story, but yeah, that was the gist of it. Yeah. And so Jerry, like, I, I always think of Jerry Nelson as the most versatile Muppet performer. You know, here in this movie, he plays Floyd, he plays Kermit's nephew Robin, he plays Lou Zealand. Um, you know, on the Muppet Show, and he Camilla. was and Camilla, yeah, absolutely. On the Muppet Show, he was also Doctor Strange Fork, Miss Mousy, about a hundred other characters. You know, he's the Count on Sesame Street, Harry Monster, Sherlock Hemlock, he was Gobo Fraggle. He just had such a wide range of character voices that he could do. And Floyd is maybe the one that's closest to his actual personality. By all accounts, yeah, kind of that sort of laid back, sort of hippie-ish, yeah. Right. So, and of course, Floyd introduces himself by saying, I'm Floyd, I blow bass, which I always really like. It's an interesting line, yeah. Another thing, Floyd, or when Kermit and Fozzie first approach and ask, who are you people, I think, Floyd says, we am, is, are, and be. They whom as are known as the Electric Mayhem. I've always wondered, was he supposed to say they whom as are known as, or was it supposed to just be they whom are known as the Electric Mayhem? It sounds like one word too many. Right, right. Although I kind of like it because it's just Floyd rambling. And it's very in character. Whether it was intentional or not. It's completely in character for Floyd, so it doesn't really matter, but it's curious. And it might, like, that might be Floyd's signature line in my mind, too. Yeah, maybe the one from uh, the Sex and Violence uh, Muppet Show pilot where he says he has a home, uh, a home for, a room for life. He has a room for life at the home for the chronically groovy. Is that it? That's right. Mm-hmm. But obviously that's not his signature line because I couldn't even remember it. Right. Um, and speaking of, you, you mentioned his line there. Um, right before that, when the band stops playing, Dr. Teeth stops the band by saying, cool it, everybody. ho Ho, ho. <laughs> I love that so much. I, again, I don't know if that was in the script or if it was just like, cool it, everybody, and Jim Henson added, ho Ho, ho. Yeah, just like Dr. Sh- Dr. Teeth shushes the band, and then he added that himself. And then, I mean, again, and of course, his line right after that is, our gentle morning melodies have attracted wandering admirers. Like, there's just, there's something about the dialogue in this whole sequence that is just so much fun. Yeah, Dr. Teeth, when he is written correctly, should always be using too many words. Right, for sure. So, they're all great. Um, And then the third member, or the fourth, because we already did Animal too. the fourth member of the band then is Janice. For sure, really, as she introduces herself here. Yeah, her introduction is, 
oh wow like i'm janice on lead guitar for sure really and it's <laughs> remarkable to me how richard hunt took an existing muppet who was performed by another performer on the first season of the muppet show and really just by an oscar yes aaron oscar on the first season and really just by giving her this valley girl voice he turned her into an actual character Right. Well, and, and one of the most, I mean, obviously the Muppet show has very few female characters in general. So Janice, by being the main one, that's not Piggy kind of sta- would stand out anyway. Yeah. But I feel, I feel like in the public consciousness, the members of the electric mayhem go in this order, as far as people knowing them, one animal, two Janice, three, Dr. T, four Floyd, Five, zoot. Right? And Janice is number two primarily because of that Valley Girl voice and that weird energy that Richard Hunt gave her. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree with that, sure. So then that means Lips, who doesn't even exist yet at the time of this movie, would be number six? Number six, right. A distant Although six. Although I'll see this too. Yeah, a, a distant six. Let, let, let me ask you a question. Here's my theory about Floyd. To tell me if you agree or disagree. I feel like hardcore Muppet fans tend to think of him as Jerry Nelson's signature character, one of the best-known Muppets, one of the stars of The Muppet Show, and casual fans tend to think of him as, I don't know, that red guy from the Dr. Teeth Band? <laughs> yeah, if, if they think about him at all, they might think of him... No, but even then, they probably still don't think of him as the guy who dresses like the Sgt. Pepper cover. Right, right. Yeah, that's like something you notice if you pay too much attention to Muppets, right? Yeah, like, the casual fans would just be like, oh, that's one of the guys in the Muppet band. Yeah, right, right. Where And and I feel like more than with any other character, there's that disconnect between what hardcore fans think and what casual fans think. I don't I don't know. It's just always been interesting to me that like, you or I would be like, yeah, Floyd! Yeah, well, the greatest, and, and he was used a lot cool. on the Muppet Show. Maybe, maybe about as much as Animal on the actual series. Yeah, probably true. So, but a considerably. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. But then, whereas Animal kind of carried on, because I guess it's so easy to write for Animal, and in the '90s they could do stuff with Animal that Frank Oz could easily loop in later when he wasn't actively performing, but. For whatever reason, they kind of forgot to write stuff for, for Floyd in the '90s. Right, and we'll—I mean, we'll—we'll we'll get to that when we when we get to some of those '90s movies in a few years. I True. Think. Stay but, tuned, everyone. But oh oh oh, we were talking about Janice, Richard Hunt, who we didn't really say. We're, we've been introducing the performers as they show up. Um, Richard Hunt started working with the Muppets in 1970 when he was 19 years old. He, he, you know, he started out on Sesame Street. His characters there included Forgetful Jones, Placido Flamingo, uh, Gladys the Cow, Aristotle, who, the blind Muppet, who I really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, and on The Muppet Show, of course, he's Janice and Scooter in this scene. He was also Sweetums. He was Statler. Um, he, he's actually the first Muppet performer we hear in this movie, right? I'm Statler. Oh, yeah. How about that? Yeah. But and he he was also another Gladys on the Muppet Show, Gladys the Lunch Lady, who is a hideous character that I kind of adore. <laughs> yes, the short-lived hideous Gladys the Lunch Lady. And uh, he would he was J- Junior Gorg and a bunch of other characters on Fraggle Rock. Um, and tragically, he died of AIDS in 1992. 
when he was 40 years old. Yeah, but he but, he was really like uh I, I mean, I guess they're all sort of the MVP, but yeah, he he really uh made the most of a short career. Mhm. Did did you mention Beaker? I did not mention Beaker. I didn't write down Beaker when I was mentally <laughs> I was think, sitting here thinking that there was one missing, and yes, of course, he was also Beaker. Beaker, yeah. But yeah, and of course, Floyd and Janice may be the like, defining Jerry Nelson, Richard Hunt duo. And they you know, kind of are thought of as two puppeteers who work together all the time, different pairs of characters that would do things together. Right. And Janice and Floyd might be the, the best one. Because it just seems like it's them hanging out, you know. Yeah, there's, there's something so about that Janice and Floyd chemistry. Yeah, it's just fun to see them together. It's fun to see them singing together on those occasions <laughs> when they have a scene like backstage. Yeah, great stuff. And then um, Zoot, the fifth member of the Electric Mayhem, the sax player Zoot, is played by Dave Goals, who we'll we'll get into I think in a future episode when we meet his signature character. But um, sure. All Zoot says in this scene is, I'm a, uh. That's it. And I believe, I believe that's all Zoot says in the entire movie. We'll, we'll have to keep an ear out. I might be wrong. He might say something in the bus later or something, but I'm pretty sure that's the only thing he says out loud in this entire movie. Yeah, I can't think of anything else. And that's kind of part of Zoot's character, too, is that he's... He's this burned out musician who just doesn't say much. Right. And, uh, you know, which is a, can be a funny idea, but definitely is the reason that he's the number five most memorable uh, Electric Mayhem member. Although we should say also, he's the only member of the Electric Mayhem still being played by his original performer. Yeah. Which is kind of ironic that the one who speaks the least is the one who's been had the same performer for the longest time. Yeah, that's impressive, though. 41 years. 41 years now? Yeah. Yeah, that is impressive. Um, although I was just thinking, he's also probably reasonably well-known to people, also because he blows the last note of the closing theme song on The Muppet Show. All right, yeah. Yeah, the la- every episode of The Muppet Show ends with a shot of Zoot looking into his sex. Yeah. Yeah, that's his big claim to fame. <laughs> yeah, I think he would be happy with that. And then, uh, as we talked about, we end up on Scooter again, saying he's the band's road manager. Does not get much to do here, but there he is. Um, anything else you would like to discuss from these minutes, Ryan? I have a couple other things. You know, I really don't have anything else. I think that's it for me. All right. Um, I, I was just going to point out one of my favorite uh Frank Oz moments in this entire movie is when Floyd is trying to get Animal to calm down and Animal just starts repeating everything Floyd says. So it's like, down, Animal, down, back, back, sit, sit. <laughs> yeah. The the timing of the way that they do that is so great. It makes me laugh every time. I yeah. love it so much. Yeah, you're right. That's that's a very well, very well acted uh, moment and then also when uh, animal sort of throws himself on the drums, this little cloud of dust flies up. Which I—that's another one of those little attention to detail moments that I love. Yeah, that's great. Well, and also in the song we're talking about, we actually haven't talked about. 
ah, what do eat drums? And then he starts eating the drums. Yeah. It's such a great, perfect animal joke. And it, it's one of those things where there's a fine line between animal and cookie monster sometimes. Sometimes, yeah, they, they uh, come pretty close to uh, overlapping each other. And this is definitely one of those times. <laughs> yes. But also just the thing about these whole two minutes watching them is, the, I mean, like we, like we said, after the screening room, the whole movie has been Kermit and then Fozzie. And those are the only two Muppets we've seen. And after the first 30 seconds or so here, Kermit and Fozzie do essentially nothing. Right? Yeah. It's all moments for the electric mayhem. Right. Time for some other characters to take the spotlight. Right. So it's like, there's a whole world of Muppets out there. Let's dump a bunch of them on you at once. Let's get this party started. <laughs> this is what you've been waiting for. Mm-hmm. And now that we've gotten this party started, that seems like a good place to stop for this episode. And next week, or another episode of Moving Right Along, a Muppet movie podcast. And we will look at what happens next with Kermit, Fozzie, and their crazy new friends. In the meantime, you can check out toughpigs.com on the internet, Facebook, Twitter, a variety of other places. Thank you for joining us. Uh, our theme music is by Stacy Rosen. Our logo is by Morgan Davy. And if you're so inclined, give us a positive review on iTunes. And tell all of your friends to listen to Moving Right Along. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.